Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast by two brothers with the same mother, giving you their fantasy takes, analysis, and anything else in their mind that they deem interesting. I am the younger brother. I am Derek. And of course, as always, here with the older brother, same mother, my boy, Daryl. Daryl, my man. How you feeling over here? We got Super Wild Card Weekend in the books. Yeah, what is man. up? Super Wild Card Car Weekend was indeed super. Like we saw, we saw some things. We saw Thomas Brady potentially going outside. We saw <laughs> Justin Herbert definitely going outside. Miami Dolphins punching above their weight, like just. Just a bunch of a bunch of different things, man, and it was all it was all pretty much entertaining to to watch. Um, NFL uh, NFL did the damn thing this weekend, I'm, and I'm looking forward to uh, division round this weekend and also today's show. Talking about, oh, I'll let you introduce the topic, but yeah, um, football is still footballing, and I'm <laughs> yep. goddamn happy about it. You damn right. Man, I tweeted about it over a month ago about, hey, I can't wait for either Dallas or Thomas Edward Patrick Brady to go outside. And, hey, we got that. One of those one of those <laughs> things happened, and Tom Brady went outside. Now, obviously, he's the GOAT of quarterbacks for sure, but, you know, this, this man has ended, you know, my team season or basically gave my Texas no chance of ever getting to the – AFC ship and now it's good to see him out here not not getting it done you know like like my team was so yeah it was good to see no prosperation no (laughs) prosperation not in this dancery no sir (laughs) (laughs) well yeah for today's show we're getting into some good old recaps if you will today we're going to be looking at the quarterback position This is our Remember the Time segment we're going to do, looking at the quarterbacks. We're going to look at the top 12 quarterbacks, kind of give some nuggets that we saw throughout the season, a couple stats, things of interest there. Probably highlight a couple of those guys outside of that top 12. Um, You know, looking again at some stats there, some things that we may expect for next season. And then we'll end the show with a little DBB. We are still doing the best sheet for the playoffs. Um, not for our competition, but just just for fun, and um, look at some line previews for the, the divisional game. So, good show on tap for you guys. Let's go ahead and get into this. Remember the time. Shoutouts to Michael Jackson. It's a song about love, but this song here is just remembering about the season for the quarterbacks. We'll start it off with QB one on the season. We base this based on fantasy pros, just looking at total fantasy points. That would be Patrick Mahomes. Pat Mahomes threw for over 5,000 yards with 5,048 yards, had 40 touchdowns through 12 picks, and also have four touchdowns on the ground. Daryl, Patrick Mahomes, man, talk to me about some thoughts or nuggets that you had on him for this season. Well, his this season from him this year, fantasy wise, is just a, an example of you know real life football very closely mirroring fantasy football or vice versa. Like 
to my mind, this man is the undisputed best quarterback um, in the in the league right now. I don't think that's a controversial take. I think he's already on a goat trajectory um, as far as real football QBing goes. Yeah. Um, and so to have that translate over to fantasy, like none of none of this is surprising. He wasn't drafted as the QB one this year. Um, but I mean, hell, he was what drafted as like the at worst the QB three, depending on what um depending on what people felt about, you know, Lamar or Hertz or whatever come coming into the year. But he was, you know, he he returned just about what you expected him to return if you were going to assume, you know, a full season from him. This is there's there's not a whole lot of analysis to 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 go in with him. Well, I guess except maybe to if there were any trepidation about him, and you know, this is often repeated, um, if there's any trepidation about him coming into the year, it's like what were things going to look like without Tyreek? And um I was, you know, if I'm if I'm remembering my state of mind um back during draft season, that was a little bit of a concern to me. You know, it's it's not nothing losing a receiver as good and explosive as Tyreek, you know, that, that, that is a thing. And that, that is a thing that is worth um, thinking about, but this man has shown that pretty much as long as he's, as long as he's with Kelsey, um, it pretty much doesn't matter what else is going on with, um, with, with those other receivers. He's so good that he's going to, he's going to make it shake. And he, 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 he did that. Um, I think, you know, spinning it forward to next year, obviously he'll be one of the first three quarterbacks off the board, I I think, pretty yeah. easily. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if when we're sitting back doing this again next year, if he's the first name off this list um, in 2024. Agree with you on that. And, yeah, he was ranked or going in fantasy drafts around QB3. Um, above him was, of course, Josh Allen. And then you remember that season before uh, Justin Herbert had hooped extremely well and he had made his way as above Mahomes. And I think a lot of that, again, had to do with uh, Mahomes losing that passing weapon in Tyreek. And it was just a little bit of uncertainty there if he was still a top two um, there over Herbert. But like that nutty professor gif or picture that I send to you all the time. I'm he. I'm him. <laughs> <laughs> he is him. That's uh, exactly it. Craziest stat I saw on Patrick Mahomes' season when it came to big big play passes. Wow, big play passes, which is basically 25 yards or greater. He led the league in this. He had 49 of those type of passes. And that stat alone by itself alone it's like oh, okay that's cool well hey the next quarterback behind him was jared Goff at 35 so put that put that in measure he had 14 more yeah. big play passes than the next guy and this guy lost a premier weapon in tyreek hill i'm yeah. he i'm him <laughs> it, and i believe that they had the chance to to draft christian watson this past year, I, I, if oh, I'm if boy. I'm remembering that correctly, I can't remember who they took in his place, 
But man, just imagine if that had happened. Spinning it forward to this next year, I'm, you know, they're probably looking at a, well, not, yeah, they're most likely looking at high 20s, low 30s as far as their draft pick goes. So they probably won't get like a chance at a premier, premier receiver coming out this year. But this, by my understanding, this receiving class coming into the to the league this year is supposed to be pretty pretty okay if they can get their hands on 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 a premier sneaky talent and or acquire somebody uh, in free agency. This that offense is already like to the moon anyway. Um, right. But I believe they probably there is probably more ceiling left for this man to hit because I mean hell as well as he played this year. His season would have been better if they had Tyreek. Like it, it just absolutely, just absolutely would have. So like, that's crazy to think about that there is actually more ceiling for the QB one. Like that's right. It's it, it's insane what this guy's capable of, man. Absolutely, and just a couple other things before we move on to the second quarterback. Um, as mentioned in the previous pod, he has seven top five finishes and was the leader overall in the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns. I'm he, I'm him, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, QB2 on the season, Josh Allen, Josh Patrick Allen, the new Patrick in town. Go away, Tom Brady. I'm just playing. Yeah, so Josh Allen comes in as QB2 with 4,062 passing yards. He had 32 touchdowns. Had 13 picks as well. And then, of course, he did his thing on the ground per usual with 760 rushing yards and seven touchdowns there with 389.6 fantasy points per fantasy pros. Josh Allen's season, Daryl, how you feel about it? Um, he, So, look, he was the QB one um, in, you know, coming off the draft board this year. And as far as total points goes, finished at QB2. So more or less, you know, paid off. Paid off right where where you drafted him. So no complaints from that angle. From a points per game perspective, um, he finished as QB3. So still right right, right in line with where you drafted him. No disappointments, really. Um, I went and did a look at some splits on him, and – Something kind of interesting came out. So from weeks one through eight, he averaged 28.1 points per game, which was good for QB1 in points per game over that period. right? Mm -hmm. But then from weeks nine through 17, so the second half of the season, or the second half of the fantasy season anyway, that went went from 28.1 points to 21.4 points per game, which was still good for QB4 in points per game, but that's, you know, that's a, you know, basically a seven point per game drop off, which that's not nothing. Um, and, you know, he still kept you competitive and, uh, you know, that you, you're not complaining about it, but it wasn't, you know, to, to end the year that, um, to, you know, down the stretch, it wasn't, he wasn't that same edge that you had had to start the year. And, you know, you very well probably got to your, um, you know, made it to the playoffs and uh, had a had a puncher's chance in uh, in each of your playoff matchups if he was your starting quarterback. But that edge had been eroded by the time uh, 
by, by the time the playoffs got here. So, you know, that could have just been down to the elbow injury. I can't remember what week that he suffered that, but um, I probably should have dug uh, into that to, to compare and contrast. But, yeah, it could have been down to the elbow in, injury and whatnot, but that that did kind of stand out to me as far as um as far as you know how his year how his year was broken up um but all told he's not going any worse than like QB3 next year so you know for for all that I just said you know it's not like it's going to make a bit of damn difference anyway as long as he starts the year healthy um he'll he'll be going QB1 2 or 3 um especially if buffalo uh takes the step of adding a wide receiver too um to uh to to complement Steph Diggs a little more or you know you know yeah 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 that's yeah um so um yeah man there's Josh Allen more or less a bullseye for for anybody who 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 drafted him can't really have any complaints and he's gonna come into next year strong as hell yeah I, I don't see any reason why he still wouldn't be um, probably ranked as QB one coming into the next season. I, and I think that's a lot to do with that rushing upside. Um, possibly him and the next guy will mention may battle for that, but I still would, would think of him as QB one um, slightly because he would have more passing yards than the next guy we'll talk about. But yeah, re- recapping his season, he had 10 top five finishes, 10 top five finishes, man. That's, that's just a great baseline and ceiling to always have. He was a leader in air yards and had the best EPA under pressure. So he he performed pretty well. Um, now, like you said, that second half of the season, he did have that de- that decrease in fantasy points. And we, we don't know the aspect of how much that injury was really affecting his arm, but perhaps it was, and that accounts for some of that decline in fantasy goodness. Yeah, and even if that injury was to blame for it, one, he'll have the offseason to get over it. And then two, um, again, over that second half of the year, he was still QB4 in points per game. So, mm-hmm. you know, it you you went from, you know, the I, – I, I, I can't remember the top-of-the-line stake. You know, you went from the top-of-the-line stake, probably a filet, down to like maybe a ribeye or, you know – Something, something like that. But Gordon Ramsay cooked both of them, so you're fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> QB3, we move on. Jalen Hurts, uh, on the season, he had 3,472 passing yards, 22 touchdowns to five interceptions, and also has 747 yards rushing with 13 rushing touchdowns. And keep in mind, he did all that in 14 games played. Daryl, what you got on me for Jalen Hurts? All right. So Jalen Hurts was actually QB1 in points per game. Um, and as we all know, he missed. Uh, he was out weeks 16 and 17 with um, with that shoulder injury, which, man, that was a killer. That, that was a um that that was a real killer for fantasy managers who missed him for the semifinals and the finals of um of, of of the playoffs. You know, you you were having to scramble 
to try to replace him. And there were some decent options out there. You know, you could have pivoted to a Purdy or to a um, to a Jared Goff or something like that, and, and still been um, and still been kind of okay. But it wasn't what Jalen Hurts was giving you. So in weeks 13, 14, and 15, Jalen Hurts was averaging 33.8 fantasy points per game. So like (laughs) the three games, the three games before the semifinals in, in, in fantasy playoffs, this man was damn near giving you 34 points a game. So to like have that just yanked from you, that that must have that that must have just felt terrible for several teams out there. But you know, looking at his season on the whole, he's largely the reason you probably got to the to the fantasy playoffs in the first place. Um, to my mind, he's the QB one coming into next year. Um, okay, he's 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 he, he's the guy. He he's the guy. Um, you know, in real football. I think that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are probably better quarterbacks than him, but he's still very, very, very damn good. As things stand right now, he has the better weapons than any one of those two, than either one of those two. And for as good as Josh Allen is at rushing and for how, you know, I guess competent that Patrick Mahomes is at rushing, neither one of them, are, are are the rushing threat that um that that hurts is so you know I, I think you you add those two things well those three things his goodness at, at being a quarterback his ability to rush and um the superior depth of of, of weapons I, I I think you gotta slot him in as the quarterback one uh com, coming into coming into next year uh it's just not nobody's doing it like him right now uh, in fantasy. That's that that's where I'm at with him, man. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. As I alluded to when we talked about Allen, um, right now I just still give the edge to Allen because of the multiple seasons of doing this. But I think you made a good point with that uh, Jalen having the better weapons there. So I think that that is a, something you can you know you know, stand on and say, okay, I like, I like his potential, his upside more with, um, with being a higher QB than Josh Allen, not to mention um, probably being a little bit of a more dynamic runner than Josh Allen, but either way, Jalen Hurts on the season had 11 top five finishes. Um, Daryl, like you had mentioned about week 13 through 15, he was QB one two and two in those respective weeks so throughout the whole season he was just doing the dang thing lowest finish that he had outside of week 18 which we don't count (laughs) was week 14 um in i'm sorry in a 14 finish in week four so he's basically giving you qb1 every week and it's great to have that kind of asset and weapon on your squad absolutely Absolutely. Number four, Joey Burrows checking in here. 4,300 yards, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Even gave you 249 yards on the ground with five touchdowns there. Joe Burrow, man. Talk to me about that, man. 
Well, um, this was, I, I, I'm not meaning to be a little hot takey here, but okay, well, I'll, I'll, stay, I'll, I'll start here. Joe Burrow is the premier non-rushing quarterback to have. And I consider Mahomes, you know, a, a, a rushing quarterback. Um, maybe, you know, maybe not to the extent, certainly not to the extent of Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Daniel Jones. Um, but I still put him, I still put him in that bucket. I think that Burrow is the first guy out of that tier of of guys who aren't the Konami code quarterbacks. But I think this year, I think he from a fantasy perspective, I think he finished at the upper end of 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 what he's gonna do for you with, with this QB four finish. Um, you know, he he he, he he played all the games, five rushing touchdowns. That's at the upper end of what you're gonna, um, of 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 what you're going to project for him. I, I would imagine. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not one who does, who who does his own projections and 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 whatnot. I'm more of a, you know, kind of consensus rankings modified with kind of my own takes on how players are gonna perform in a year, but. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that to to disparage him, um, and and th- this is me talking about him more in terms of like the outlook for next season. Because you know, just to have a quick nugget about him this season, the guy's good. He has great weapons. There's it, it, it it's an easy case to make for desiring him as your fantasy quarterback. Now, when I spin it forward to next year, what I'm thinking about is. All right, maybe maybe I have him like top five quarterback next year, but am I going to want to draft him where I need to draft him to get him? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm going to want to take Joe Burrow in round four, five, or six. You know, not if not if I could let him sit there and maybe wait on a Trevor Lawrence, a Daniel Jones, and you know we'll, we'll talk more about these guys. Uh, um, you know, coming up a, a little bit, but he's gonna be he's gonna be a tricky one for 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 next year. And I could kind of see it both ways on him. Maybe you do draft him in you know fourth, fifth, sixth round. Maybe you say bump that, reach and get you like a I don't know like a Christian Watson or you know a, a receiver, second year receiver who's on the upswing kind of thing, and go and get your quarterback later. Like he might, he's gonna be an interesting case. For next year, but mad pops, and I got mad respect for, for for him. And if I'm able to get him at the right price next year, I'll be more than happy to do that. But from what I think is going to be his ADP next year, I don't know that I'm going to have a lot of Joe Burrow next year. That's under that's understood. Um, it's kind of that same situation with what we ran into with Justin Herbert this season. He came in as QB2, and he's not one of those Konami code uh, quarterbacks. And he ended up finished. I mean, we'll talk about him. He ended up finishing in the top 12, but he didn't finish where he was drafted at. And so that's the risk you run with Joe Burrow if, you know, he's not getting those passing touchdowns to the level that he got this year. Now, on the other side of that, he has Jamar Chase, I believe he'll still have T Higgins next year. 
right? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. T T Higgins will be in his fourth year next year, I believe. So yeah, he'll he'll still be under he'll still be under contract. Okay, and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon should still be there too. So there's no reason to think that he can't repeat this performance, but there is that caution in the wind um, with him. A couple other nuggets with Joe Burrow. He was top 10 in accuracy in all levels of passes, whether zero to 10 yards, 11 to 20 are over 21 top 10 in accuracy there seventh in EPA per play and fifth in QB rating when under pressure. Great season for him. Great season for him. Interesting for next season, as you mentioned. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just checked and yeah, T Higgins is on the books for next year. He becomes a free agent in 2024. So, yeah. Okay. He'll be there. To QB5 we go, Justin Fields. Justin Fields makes it to the top five. 2,242 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 11 picks. But we know what the goodness was with Justin Fields. Over a 1,000 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Puts him at QB5 on the season. Darrell, I believe this was your got it for cheap guy, if I remember correctly. Talk to me about Indeed. Mr. Fields. Well, I mean, hey, he had his coming out party this year, and he's here. He's here now. But maybe, maybe not. We got to see what Chicago plans to do with that number one pick. Um, I think I personally think they'd be foolish to um, to draft another quarterback right now. But um, and instead of investing in surrounding fields with um, w- with more wide receiver talent and better protection and and all that good stuff, but you know, let's just look at him. You know, from this year, he finished QB five full season points per game. That's unbelievable, especially if you want to look at the breakdown of how his production came. You know, weeks one through eight, he was averaging 16 points per game and was the quarterback 18 in points per game in weeks one through eight. But then weeks nine through 17, he bumped that to 25 and a half points per game, which was good for QB three in points per game. Um, over that, over that span. So, you know, this was, this was definitely a tale of two seasons for him. And, you know, if you think back through the season, you know, through those first few weeks, they seemed reluctant to call designed run runs for him and all that stuff. And then once they started doing that, it seemed like this man was reeling off a 50 yard rush, you know, on a weekly basis, (laughs) Um, you know, every time you saw, you know, that every time you saw the current week's rush for 50 yards, the only way you knew it wasn't a replay from the previous week was because they were in different jerseys, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, this man, this man just went, this man just went nuclear over the second half of the season. Um, and, you know, dealt with some injuries to end the season. Um, so, you know, that'll be a concern, I imagine, in, fantasy manager's willingness to take him next year um, because with with the way he plays and, you know, 
with, with the way he plays, he invites contact, he invites getting hit and all that kind of stuff. And then he was, he was more or less playing with, he was playing through some kind of injury um, all throughout the year. And there were many, there were many weeks where, you know, it came down to that Friday practice report to figure out if he was going to play in a week. So I could see that causing fantasy managers some, some, some consternation next year when it comes to draft season. Um, he's another one, you know, who's going to be interesting to see um, how things shake out in the offseason and where that's going to place him in the, in the draft pecking order. Because if we can bank on him being who he was over the second half of the season this year, he's got to be like, what, QB4? QB three, QB four. Um, you know, you're you're maybe flipping a coin between, um, well, not necessarily. Probably QB four. Yeah, like just the first guy outside of Allen, Mahomes, and Hertz. You know. Mm-hmm. But if they don't make the right moves in in the off season, well, you know it 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 it, it could throw a little mystery into what his what his outlook should look like for next year. I just know that um I just know he's gonna be one to watch coming up. I, I, I think he had his coming out party. We gotta see what Chicago does with him, but I'm excited to I'd be excited to get my hands on him next year for like a full season, hoping that that um hoping that that, that offense will take some steps forward and really kind of unlock the passing half of his, um, of, of his game. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the key for next year. He only threw 318 passes this year, played 15 games. So you're basically looking at him throwing 20 passes a game and, you know, to be a QB one in that area, only throwing 20 passes a game is insane. But of course, it's because of that rushing, that rushing that he did. So, yeah, the the key with them is going to be what weapons are they going to get around him? Um, what are they going to do with that first pick? Um, it's a lot of interesting factors that will go into him next year. But hey, with this year, he had looking at it, ten of his last eleven games, he was a QB one, had five top five finishes. 1143 rushing yards man insane that's insane yeah that's insane a lot of running backs don't even get to that so yeah right let's go to qb6 we got mr i didn't write back aka eugene cyril smith geno smith quarterback for the seattle seahawks a couple his stats here he had just over four thousand yards 29 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and even had a touchdown on the ground with 315 yards. Hey, more yards than Joe Burrow and just about as many yards as Patrick Mahomes there rushing. Craziness. Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me about Eugene here. So he was like, if you played in deep leagues, you know, um, maybe like 12 teamers where more than a few teams. Um, we're holding on to two quarterbacks or, you know, 14 team leagues. Gino was, he, he was a life raft. 
he was he was an oasis in the middle of the desert that you were able a guy you were able to pick up off the waiver wire and he pretty much gets you you know like lower lower end um QB1 finishes on a weekly on a weekly basis um or you know I'm I'm maybe underselling him like, like mid tier QB1 performances um on, on a weekly basis you know for the season uh, again like I did with some of these other guys weeks 1 through 8 he was at 18.2 points per game which was good for QB8 over that stretch and weeks 9 to 17 he was at 19.2 pp uh he was at 19.2 points per game which would have been good for quarterback 9 over that stretch so he was more or less just like steady Eddie you know, just kind of a bankable mid-tier QB1. And for the peanuts that you had to pay to get him, this this man was a he, he was an outrageous return on investment kind of kind of guy. Um you know, he's another one of those. We'll have to see what they do with him uh, next year. I would imagine they probably re-sign him for, for, for at least next year. Um, depends on, you know, if they bring another quarterback into the building through the draft, because I believe they have – the Broncos are shipping them the fifth pick or the eighth pick, some, something. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, so somewhere around there. So they may be able to bring in a rookie quarterback, but with how Geno played this year, um, I can't imagine that he would lose the starting job Unless um, w- w- without actually going out and laying laying some eggs um, during real life games, so I imagine he'll start the year as a starter next year. Um, if they get um, if if DK and Tyler Lockett, I'm sure. Yeah, DK is back. I know he's under contract. I'm not sure what Tyler Lockett's contract situation is, but yeah, they'll have DK and Tyler Lockett back. You know, he he has weapons. I'm, you know, he, he he's a guy you could maybe, you know, his draft stock will go up from where it was this past year, but I don't think you'll have to spend a single digit round pick on Geno next year. And you could, you could possibly end up with a quarterback who's right back where he was um, this, this year, you know, from a, from a real football perspective, he kind of fell off as the year went along but not enough to the point where I think he's going to lose his job next year. So, you know, from, so if he can keep this stuff up from a fantasy perspective, you could be getting yourself a mid-tier QB one at a very, you know, reasonable price uh, next year. Um, So, you know, if you want to fire bullets on skilled position players, you know, like early and keep doing it through the middle rounds of your draft, he might be a good guy to build around uh, from, from a late, quarterback perspective you know they say that late round quarterback has kind of died down but um he might be one that you could possibly go back to and and uh and and, and get some good quality production out of the back half of the draft yeah i think gino will be a ninth round or greater um quarterback next next season assuming you know things don't change there in um in seattle and i think he could be one of those guys that like you said if you stockpile going wide receiver running back heavy that you can get as that 
starting QB and then maybe you take a chance on another lower tier guy like a I don't know if the 49ers decide to go back to Trey Lance or something like that but that's something to figure out later on again with this season I did pick uh, Gino as my um, letting you know we back up if you will pick but he was a leader in accuracy and passes over 21 yards just like we all predicted um, four months ago that he would be and he had the third more the third most air yards completed so this was a great uh bounce back season for Gino and good to see him balling out there in Seattle yeah and just uh for the record Tyler Lockett is back next year so um so yeah yeah QB7 Trevor Lawrence with the Jacksonville Jaguars Still going to be playing American professional football this coming Saturday. Trevor Lawrence threw for 3,901 yards, 24 touchdowns, eight picks. Also had five rushing touchdowns on 294 yards. Daryl, talk to me about Mr. Trevor Lawrence here. Good season for him. It was. It was indeed. Um, He was... So like I mentioned with Justin Fields earlier, Trevor Lawrence was another one of those tale of two seasons kind of guys. You know, first eight weeks, averaging 16.2 points per game, which was good for QB 17 in points per game over that span. Mm -hmm. But then weeks nine through 17, he bumped that up to 20.5 points per game, which was good for QB six over that span. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, he really picked it up in the second half of the year. And, you know, that showed in their results that showed in their ability to walk down the Titans and win that division when it looked like they were, you know, around week eight or nine, it looked like they were done as far as the division goes. And they just came to life largely because Trevor started playing um, a, a whole lot better. I, you know, he, I think he's going to be another one of those, like, you know, he's not in the top tier that you're going to draft, um, pro- probably. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. You know, I haven't forecast all the ADPs and whatnot for next year. But he seems like another one of those. Like, like I mentioned earlier, maybe you let Burrow pass by in the draft next year, and you wait a couple, three rounds or so, and be able to scoop up Trevor Lawrence and shore up your skill position players. Um, he's going to be, you know. He's gonna he's gonna be a top ten quarterback for sure next year as far as draft position goes, and I I, I think it'll be totally justified. I, I I think it'll be totally totally justified. Um, you you want to talk about his outlook for next year as well? You know, they're gonna more than likely be moving on from Marvin Jones and taking his place would be Calvin Ridley. So he's gonna have a receiving core of Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram with Etienne in the backfield. This man's gonna have this man's gonna have some weapons. I'm not exactly sure how that receiving uh core is gonna shake out and how things are gonna be distributed. I just um I just know, you know, I'd rather that makes Trevor that much more attractive to me though, because the man's gonna have weapons and you know he's him and Doug Peterson are gonna be able to push some buttons to to make that offense kind of go to the next level to where they do what they did over the second half of the season 
for the whole season. You know, that that's the hope. That's the rosy outlook for him next year. And if that is the case, he's going to end up being very, very desirable come draft season uh, next year. Absolutely. And at least uh, during some of the highlights I saw with him, he was an option there at the goal line where he's running those QB sneaks. And I think, matter of fact, he had one uh, this past week against the Chargers. So he's going to get that uh, that Tom Brady sneak on there, if you will. But like you mentioned, towards the end of the season, like, yeah, he really turned it up there. Um, just some of his finishes looking at from, let's say, week eight or week nine, rather, he was QB nine, QB 10, by week QB five, QB 18, QB one, QB five, QB nine. And then he was QB 32 in the uh, last or the fantasy championship against the Texans. But we kind of knew what that script was going to be to beat the Texans. And he didn't have to do much there. So Trevor Lawrence, I'm excited about him next year as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. We move on QB eight. That would be Daniel Jones for the New York Giants, who is still in the playoffs. 3,205 yards, only 15 passing touchdowns, five picks, but he has 708 rushing yards with seven touchdowns. Talk to me about Daniel Jones. Best ball darling, Daniel Jones, man. (laughs) Yeah. What a year from him, you know, if you're able to draft him onto your best ball teams as um, your second, maybe third quarterback. That's that's just an unbelievable pickup because more or less he and Trevor and the best ball drafts are, that I recall, they were being, you know, kind of left for dead slash, you know, your second or third quarterback that you would add onto your roster just to, um, just to kind of help cover the bye weeks for, for, for your for your number one quarterback and they both finished you know they, they both did much much better than expected um Daniel Jones you know this was this kind of this kind of came out of nowhere I mean um dayball known to be a good coach you know had the um you know reported to have the magic with how he was able to help uh, refine Josh Allen's game. Could he maybe possibly do the same for Daniel Jones? Well, this year he got more out of Daniel Jones than anybody else had done so far in the pros, certainly more so than Jason Garrett. Um, they, here's the thing about, about, about them and his outlook and whatnot that team just kind of that there's there's just smart stuff going on around around that team kind of the the way they play um the way they they run that offense the way that they use him i think what he did this year could very well be repeatable because i don't when when i from what i recall from like watching giants games and, you know, looking at this game they just played against the Vikings, they weren't asking Daniel Jones to go out there and be Mahomes or to be Josh Allen as far as the throwing, as far as the throwing side of what they could do. You know, they scheme him up, 
get some guys open a little bit down the field, ask him to to hit open receivers, and that was it. And then have him uh and then you know employ him in the rushing game, you know, by design, encourage him to get out and scramble as opposed to sitting back in the pocket and taking all those sacks and fumbles as he had been doing in years past. It just really like a lot of those edges to me came from them just smartening up the type of football they asked him to play. And so I think that is something that's sustainable. I think that's something that's sustainable. And he's going to be another one to, you know, I don't, I don't, I hate coming back to Burrow on this, but, um, you know, the move with your fantasy quarterbacks is to, you know, the, the upside more or less lies with the guys who have the potential to uh, to put up rushing numbers. Daniel Jones and Trevor Lawrence, for that matter, are those type of guys. And so maybe you make a bet on them and you let Burrow pass by if you got to take Burrow in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round and get you a Daniel Jones or a Trevor Lawrence in the eighth, ninth round, If you know, assuming they, they will fall that far. That, that, that seems reasonable to me um, mm-hmm. from, from where we stand right now. But I don't think this is fluky. I'll say that much. This quarterback eight finish for him on the year, I don't think that's fluky. And he's a guy I'll have a sharp eye on um, next year, especially when it comes to um, formulating best ball rosters uh, n- n- next year. You know, um, Danny Jones, who would have thought? But, yeah, he- he- here we are. I've, I-, I think this kid showed something this year, man, showed something that's not fluky and that, that can be sustainable going forward. Yeah, regarding Daniel Jones, he had seven QB1 performances um, throughout the season. So it's pretty pretty good and definitely not what you expected coming into the season from him. But he's going out in a blaze of glory that I don't know if he'll necessarily push up his um, ADP in the offseason and going into drafts next season. But here, here's going to be your lasting memories of Daniel Jones, right? You got your fantasy championship where he was QB1 overall, where he threw two touchdowns and ran for two touchdowns. Remember, for you, Saquon uh, Barkley managers, <clears throat> Daryl, uh, where Saquon didn't do much <laughs> in championship weekend. Uh, don't, don't worry, I had Saquon too, so it affects me too. But you have that. Obviously, he didn't play the next week. Comes into the playoff game and goes out in Minnesota, where every quarterback is hooping. But he goes out there, he hoops running the ball, passing the ball to Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, Darius Slayton. And now he's in a divisional playoff game going up against Philly that nobody expects him to win. And if he does anything of any kind of success here, whether he wins the game or not, it's a blaze of glory run for him to end the season. So, yeah, Daniel Jones I'm interested in next season, especially in your two quarterback leagues for sure. And even in your single quarterback leagues, like, again, if you're just stacking up those quarterback wide receivers and Daniel Jones is pushing down the board, I wouldn't mind starting out with him at all. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm with that, man. I'm definitely with that. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> I, man, he's going to be so, so interesting next year. He, I could see him going anywhere from, like, seventh to 11th round. You know, depending on how much people believe in him. So, yeah, I'm going to have a keen eye on him coming next year. 
Yeah, and especially depending on if they happen to add any um, other weapons there in the wide receiver room. Because, again, if if a name comes in there, it, it could get a little spicy for Daniel Jones in ADP value. QB9, Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Some of Kirk's stats here, he ended up with 4,322 yards. 28 touchdowns, 14 picks, and had two rushing touchdowns as well. Captain Kirk Darrell, how you feel about that man? Uh, he, this was like the least exciting QB one on the year <laughs> to me. Um, but here's the thing, right? Like in fantasy, you know, we don't, we don't, we just look at their production. And the production was there. And, you know, especially when TJ Hawkinson got there, that just kind of unlocked so much stuff uh, for, for that offense, you know, combining him with Jay Jettis. Um, You know, as far as real football, Kirk is Kirk. But that's a team that is, one, they're not afraid to pass the ball, too, with the way their running game was just so so stifled this year. They had to lean on the pass um a, a, a whole lot so you know kirk kirk did his thing and you know especially in best ball formats he really really paid off um his adp with with the way he was able to to finish this year can't can't begrudge the man that um he's not a guy that i'm going to be so you know how i i, I said earlier where like you know, if you want to, if you want to really go heavy on your skill position players um, early in drafts and not even look for a quarterback until rounds eight, nine, ten or so, you know, uh, Daniel Jones, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence are guys that'll be there. Like Kirk, I'm not, I'm not doing that kind of, I'm not looking to do that kind of build with him. If I end up with him as my quarterback one in a, um, in a, in, in a managed league, I'm something, something went wrong for me. And um, in, in in my draft, just mainly because of like what we talked about earlier, what I talked about earlier, the key to fantasy football now is having quarterbacks with rushing upside, and he just has negative athleticism at this point. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, he's he really just kind of profiles as the kind of guy that you by week fill in injury fill in kind of thing. I'm not at all that excited about drafting him next year, but he will certainly, certainly, certainly have value in best ball formats. Um, but that's really, you know, he's in the, he's in that tier where in managed leagues where I have to affirmatively press the button to start somebody. I'm going to be throwing up in my mouth a little bit. If I have to do it on Kirk more than once next year, like I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, with Kirk, it's always about hopefully you're picking the right week to start him. I mean, he has the wide receiver one on his team, so he's going to have some times here where he has some outstanding performances. But overall on the season, he had nine QB1 performances, and on the season he was drafted as QB14. And pretty much that's where I would expect him to be next season. I think he's an excellent streaming quarterback, but yeah, if you're going to a season and 
that's your starting quarterback assuming again no change in the weapons or anything like that it's just kind of a yeah all right we got we got Kirk Cousins hoping for the best yeah. <laughs> yeah basically yeah let's move on coming in at QB 10 is Jared Goff Jared Goff had 4,214 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, seven picks. And, of course, I'm not even reading those rushing stats on Jared Goff because you good people know the deal on Jared Goff's rushing. It ain't it ain't there. <laughs> Talk to me about Jared Goff, man. Well, you know, here's – Here's the the good and dang near great that I have to say about Jared Goff. Like, um, through the you know over the fantasy playoffs, that man was like QB three or QB four, some somewhere around there. You know those weeks, uh, um, those weeks thirteen to seventeen. So you know he was able to help carry teams that had lost um, that had lost Jalen Hurts or that had lost uh, Kyler Murray through those weeks and for I'm sure there's more than a few fantasy managers who you know will send Jared Goff a drink if he ever walks into a restaurant that they're in for <laughs> for, for, for some of those fill-in performances um you know I I believe that Detroit is okay to run it back with him Next year, I think they might – I think he and Geno kind of might be in similar situations where both teams might give a look at bringing in a rookie to come and sit the bench and, you know, watch and whatnot. So I think I think Jared might be in that kind of uh, – I think that might be his setup for next year. Um, looking at next year in two QB setups, I'd be happy to have him as my QB too. Um, next year, he proved himself very, very competent. Um, you know, that rushing upside, like I talked about, it's not there. So I would not want to be starting a season with him next year as my number one quarterback. But, um, you know, in best ball and in um, and in um, two quarterback slash super flex scenarios, I'd, I'd welcome him as my as my second quarterback um, going going into next year. I think Detroit, um, they profile, you know, as a team that's on the rise. They may be about to lose their their offensive coordinator, so that might throw a little bit of a wrench in the works. Um, but this team was playing some seriously good ball to to end the year, and in no small part due to due to Jared Goff and you know these weapons. He's going to be having, you know, DJ Chark will probably be moving along. Um, I'm sure he'll be looking for for a payday, and I, I don't know that Detroit is necessarily going to accommodate that. But that'll be time, you know, just in time for Jamison Williams to step up. He's already got Amon Ra. We'll see what happens with um, with DeAndre Swift, but you know he'll he'll have some he'll have some def- decent weapons on what's looking like an ascending team. So you know, kudos to him for this year for bailing out teams. At the end of the year, and yeah, I look at him as a solid high end QB two coming into co- coming into next year. Let's see. Agreed on that. Sorry about that on delay on my end, but 
my my highlights for Jared Goff are pretty much this. He had only 23 sacks this season. Last season, he was sacked 35 times. So that Detroit line just got way better this this year. And seeing Panay Sewell just throw people around was great experience, great football experience to see. (laughs) But this was a great season for Jared Goff from just a pure football standpoint. This was his highest uh, quarterback rating since the 2016-2017 seasons. And then, of course, you had kind of talked about it. But during the playoff run there, um, looking from weekends 13 to 17, he was the QB2 during that time, only behind Patrick Mahomes. And I remember us distinctly talking about him having some juicy matchups and being a good streaming option. And he paid off for those uh, fantasy managers that did start him during that time. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, it took – it probably took some some guts, some fortitude, however, <laughs> however you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, if you were nervy and if if you if you were courageous enough to do that, then yeah, he 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 really paid off. You know, that man's goaded in more than a few eyes now, man. That he is. Let's wrap up these last two quarterbacks. Coming in at quarterback eleven, we got Thomas Patrick Edward Brady the junior third. None of that last part applies to him. But Tom Brady comes in here through 4,610 yards, or through for that, uh, 24 touchdowns, nine picks. Of course, we're not talking about his rushing stats, except he had one rushing touchdown. Right. So Tom Brady is an interesting case because, you know, if you have any recollection of this Tampa Bay offense, from this year, it was disappointing as hell, right? Like that offense was extremely disappointing. Absolutely. But Brady finishes as quarterback 11 of the on the year. If you look at, you know, what you may have expected from him coming into the year, that's not that far off. You know, Brady, it's a low-end QB1 coming into the year. So it's like, yeah, the offense was disappointing, but Brady finished about where I would have thought he would have finished coming into the season. So um, it's kind of maybe hard to square those few things. I think he largely got there off of um, off of volume. You know, he he did just set the record for most passes attempted in a, in a season. I want to say um, so. You know, they. They couldn't run the ball worth a damn th- this year. So, you know, he, he got there off some very inefficient volume. You were probably never excited to start him. I'm sure you didn't start him in that game where he blew up. Uh, what was that, week 17, where him and Mike uh, him and Mike Evans blew up and uh, just totally melted down the slate mm-hmm. with, the, with the three bomb touchdowns. But – uh this is about where you thought he would have he would have finished. Uh, I I faded Tom Brady so hard across um, all my best ball drafts and managed league drafts. I spent most of this year just very very happy that I did not have to deal with uh, I didn't have to deal with him even in, even in best ball. It would have been stress just to see him in my lineup. And there's you know it's as hands off as it can be. Once you once you exit that draft and best ball, and I was still 
just glad to be free of Tom Brady's stress. Um, <laughs> you know, I think no matter whether he retires this this uh, this offseason or not, I can't imagine anybody's going to be looking to draft him, you know, at anything resembling a QB one spot, unless, unless the man has the homecoming of all homecomings and ends up in San Francisco, then we'll have some, then we'll have some discussions. Then we'll have some (laughs) discussions. If he goes, if he goes to the Raiders, I'm not checking for him. If he goes to the Jets, I'm not checking for him. If he goes to the Niners, though, we're going to have a discussion. It's time to start a dialogue. So, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's kind of where, where I'm at with Brady. Disappointing offense. Can't really call his finish this year disappointing just because you had to have had high expectations to be disappointed with him finishing QB 11 this year. Yeah, I'm only seeing that he had, what, three, looks like three QB1 performances. Of course, he had that explosion in, in championship weekend. But, yeah, he, he got there primarily because of volume and him playing the whole season. Um, nothing about Tom Brady from a fantasy standpoint this season with that team like you felt great with. Um, having him in your lineup. Now, you know, Chris Godwin has some performances, and, of course, Mike Evans had that championship week performance. But, yeah, it was it was just disappointing for sure. And, and like you said, if he ends up coming back and playing with Tampa, like, I don't think there's any way that you should be – there's no way you should be drafting him in the QB1 range. And I wouldn't even like him if you're just, you know, punting on QB and, and getting him late. I'd rather you take a chance on some other guy and then just pick up Brady on the waiver if something were to change, even though they did have, you know, some offensive line issues. I think the biggest underlining stat with Tom Brady was that when you look at his fantasy points per game this year, he was QB 16 and he finished here as QB 11. So, again, a QB 16, that's not a quarterback that you want to have on your lineup week to week. So, right. Tom, yeah, absolutely. That's the Tom Brady thoughts there. And then to close out this top 12, we have Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert on the season had 4,466 yards, 23 touchdowns, 10 picks, and also had 148 rushing yards, no touchdowns there. Justin Herbert. Talk to me about him. I don't want to be too hyperbolic here, um, but I think this might easily be the most um, disappointing finish, certainly among the top twelve. Because you know, if we look at if we look at Lamar, if we look at um, if we look at Kyler, you know, we have we have injuries to blame there. Same thing, same thing with Dak. Maybe the only other guy you could be as disappointed in, you know, same ballpark would be Russell Wilson. Um, But you weren't taking, you weren't spending the draft capital on Russell Wilson that you were spending on Justin Herbert. This man was coming off the board as the quarterback two, three, four 
this season, and it just never, ever got there. Just never, ever got there. It seemed like a very cursed season for him in that offense, you know, with um, with him fracturing his rib cartilage, I want to say, in week two. Mike, uh, Mike Will, Keenan Allen being in and, in and out of the lineup all year, that offense just sputtering in general, like their run game never really got off off the ground. You know, Eckler made his numbers in the past game and on touchdowns. Um, just just supremely, supremely disappointing performance from that offense and from and from Herbert as a fantasy asset this year. Um, from what he's put on tape in years prior, I don't think this man is just like a terrible quarterback now. I think he's still, you know, he has the makings of a good, you know, elite, um, you know, potential for a Hall of Fame career type skill set. You know, he all that is still there. They, they're they going to need to really overhaul that offense. You know, they, they fired their offensive coordinator just a few days ago. So the beginning steps of that may or may not be underway. Probably going to need an overhaul in their receiving room. Um some stuff is going to have to change for him uh, to to get him anywhere near the I don't, I don't well actually I was going to say to get him anywhere near the draft capital that you put into him this year. I don't think that's coming back next year. To get back to where he was drafted this year, you're going to have to see it next season, and then drafts in 2024 are going to be the earliest you see Justin Herbert move back up into where he was drafted. Um, he, he was drafted this year. It was such a, such a disappointing season um, from him. You know, I keep saying this. I'll be interested to see where he goes. You know, that's a blanket statement. I'll be interested to see where all these guys go next year. But I will be supremely interested in where Justin Herbert goes next year because really it's the kind of thing where there's so there's such a wide range, range of outcomes that you cannot be surprised about. Like if this man goes into next year, and he finishes top five, you can't be surprised at that. But given the way this offense struggled this year, if he goes out and he finishes outside of QB1 territory, you can't be surprised at that either. Next year, so like he has such a wide range of of outcomes that that wouldn't, you know, just blow your socks off in either direction. Um, he's really, really hard to peg. For, for next season, man, just to me anyway, to me. And I completely understand that because, again, as mentioned, he came in as QB2 um, drafted uh, coming into this season, and to have a QB12 finish, it is is very disappointing. Um, this season, he only had two top five performances. Last year, he had eight of those, and, of course, last year – or previous year, rather, that's where he finished as QB3, and that's what kind of loaded into him being this QB2 drafted on this season. So, yeah, it's going to depend upon what they do at the coordinator position. Um, I mean, honestly, if they bring in the same weapons that they had last year, and, of course, including Eckler, I still think he's going to be, for sure, a top, a quarterback drafted probably like I think regardless he'll still be valued over Geno over Trevor Lawrence 
And I think a lot of that has to do with the name and he's had success being up there. So, yeah, I think if the weapons still stay the same or even if they just upgrade one, one weapon, if you will, he's still going to be in that, I think, top eight range. And I would be fine taking a shot on him if he's fallen into maybe like the eighth or ninth round, maybe with those weapons. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Jay Herbert here. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't see there being any shortage of people that um, that are willing to roll the dice and you know bet on a redemption arc for him and that Chargers offense next year. You know, all it takes, you know, uh, <laughs> like you. Okay, so let's let's go with the assumption that you said. Like, let's say they run it back with the same offensive weapons. That's not enough to move me, just just because one Keenan is getting old. Mike will like that, that man, that man just can't stay healthy. But even if they do maintain health throughout the year, um, I'm still not as excited. I'm I'm still not excited about that offense next year, like going into the season. Like that's gonna, that's gonna be, you know, they're going to have to prove it. Um, They're going to have to prove it to me. And I may end up missing out on 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 Justin Herbert uh, next year Um, unless there's some kind of meaningful change to that receiving core and or unless I'm super impressed with who it is that they uh, they bring in at OC like for instance if they bring in if they bring in a DJ Chark well okay we might be talking about something just because I think that opens up so much more of the other of the rest of the offense but um anyway yeah just just my final little uh nuggets on jay herbert for sure and of course there are other guys after qb12 but i'm just gonna highlight a couple of notes on my end or a couple guys and daryl you can do the same or just talk about the guys i have however you feeling over there the first one for me, I got to go with Tua. So Tua overall was 10th in points per game. And so I guess I'll just pose this to you. As of right now, for what we know, assuming Tua is you know healthy and ready to start, I'm assuming you would take Tua over Justin Herbert if you know things stay the same on both sides? Um, I, I think so. I think so. Um, you know, obviously the concern with Tua is injury, particularly the whole concussion situation. From stuff that I've heard, like I don't think he's I don't think having gotten having having gone through the stuff he's gone through this year with concussions, I don't think that makes him prone to more concussions. It's just that when he gets the next one, it could make it worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, than than somebody else. So like that would give me a lot of trepidation unless I hear that you know Miami just got you know five Trent Williamses across their um, across their offensive line. Then uh, maybe I'd be a little more excited about Tua. Um, but yeah, I at this point I'd say you know assuming assuming Tua is healthy and ready to go, like nothing ever happened. Um, uh, in week one, I think at worst he's a coin flip for me with Justin Herbert at this okay. point. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. 
And then my other two guys, uh, Dak Prescott, obviously dealt with the injury this season, but he finished ninth in points per game this year. Um, coming around draft season, he was going as QB 10. So pretty much he was performing around ADP of what was expected for him. Uh, that rushing upside with him, that's pretty much gone, <laughs> even though he had the bootleg there against Tampa Bay. But the overall rushing that you saw from him like two or three, well, three or four years ago, that's that's out the window. And then Kyler Murray, of course, he's going to be an interesting situation there. He's coming off the injury. It's going to be a new coach, new schemes, I'm sure, and all that kind of stuff. So I have my eyes on Kyler Murray, and I'm interested to see where he'll be going next year in drafts. Yeah, you know, with, with Kyler, he was – I believe Kyler finished top eight in points per game. Um, yeah. He was, yeah, he was somewhere around 19, 20 points a game, which, you know, that was, that, that was fine. He was draft. He was coming off the board as like, you know, quarterback six, seven, eight ish. So he was, you know, finishing right in line with all that. This seems, to, you know, with him and, Coming back off an ACL injury, part of the allure of Kyler is his rushing, um, his rushing capability. So you have that to keep in mind. Added on to the fact that this AC ACL tear comes at the comes so late in the season. You know, the talk that I've heard is that you know it's not a definite that he'll be ready for Week One. Mm-hmm. So yeah, his. His ADP for next year is going to be very much in jeopardy. He could, I could see it playing out to be to a, to a situation where he's a guy that falls so much that it ends up being a ridiculous bargain on him by the time that we're looking and doing the same show next year. You know that I, I think that's something that's that that's certainly in the cards for for, for him. Um, I think I gotta imagine that offense only has can only go up um you know terrible injury luck this year uh getting getting kingsbury out the paint not sure what's going to happen with d hop i've heard some trade rumors about him but if they roll back these same guys i I think this offense has nowhere to go but up like from a from a potential standpoint so he could very well end up being a, a hell of a bargain next year yeah, obviously, depending on that health. And then, uh, I mean, there's been rumors about DeAndre potentially being traded. But, you know, if they're able to bring him back, you got Rondell there and whatever you do with that Robbie Anderson, A.J. Green situation, whatever, there's a little bit there um, for whoever Hollywood. takes over that. Yeah, and Hollywood. How can I forget Hollywood? And Hollywood. Um, but, yeah, there, there's weapons there to to do some things with all things considered. Trey McBride, Zach Ertz. Yeah. 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 Was Zach had a, was it a torn ACL for him too? Or what happened? Yeah, it it, it was something. It was one of the, I think it was an ACL for him as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, any of these other quarterbacks, any other notes or nuggets that you had regarding them before we slam the book on them for the year? Yeah, just one. I can see that, um, we're probably going to be dialoguing about Russell Wilson next year. I think, um, <laughs> I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a thing. You know, it, this is going to depend on 
who they bring in at at, at coach um, and offensive coordinator and whatnot. But sure, if they if they end up bringing in somebody who's who's got a name and is who's and who's somewhat respectable, I think you look at the way this season played out for the Broncos and you think it can't be it can't be any worse than it was this past year. Maybe you don't, you know, the the talk ends up being you don't pull the trigger on Russ, but like there's gonna have to be some conversations had once all the once all the um once all the pieces get put in the place for that team next year. It feels at this moment like He's a complete write-off, and most of those weapons are complete—not necessarily a complete write-off, but ours, you know, should be severely, deeply discounted. But you know, we're going to have to evaluate this and have some tough conversations <laughs> surrounding him in that offense next year. Yeah, I'm sure we will when we maybe have some content, um, maybe leading up to the draft or maybe right after the draft, depending on what happens. We may have some intriguing things to mention about particular players and things, and they'll probably show up there. I'm sure. So yeah. uh, just for, just for Russ, to, just to talk about Russ, rather he finished as QB 17 on the season. So, you know, if you imagine that's the floor of what he can do, um, <laughs> there, yeah. if it's in a, in, like you said, it can only get better Then yeah, we probably gonna be talking about this man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, Let's, also, I'd love ahead. to see Lamar end up with the Falcons. That's neither here nor there, but um, I'd, I'd love to see him end up on the Falcons. That would be oh, that would just be so sweet. But okay, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right, fair enough. I'll I'll dig in your mind on that one at a later date. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show with a little DBB, of course. Our contest for 2022 is over. As mentioned, Daryl won that by the skin of his teeth. But we picked the playoff games. We had six of them things. I went two and four. Daryl went three and three. So, of course, including the juice and all that, we would have been losers this week. But, hey, we weren't betting these games as such. Daryl, any of these games in particular – Betting wise, or just overall, intrigued you, and of course, there's probably several. <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, betting wise, just just from the narrative and the way things have been trending, you know, for the last few games of the year, I just felt really good about Tampa Bay. You know, not just you know catching the two and a half, but I felt good about them winning that game, and. They did not win that game by a lot. Um, they, they they really got blown off the field. Them boys got debacled. Um, so debacled. Yeah, that one. I you know, it shouldn't have. Tampa Bay was Tampa Bay was ass all year. Dallas was definitely a better team. But narratively, it just fit that, you know, Dallas was going to choke and it's it's up against Brady and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the narrative, in, to my mind, in my mind, the narrative overpowered the actual, you know, 
football production. And so, yeah, right. I kind of got blindsided by, by that one. Um, all the rest of them, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have too much of a bead on any of the sides or totals in this game because it's the, it's the playoffs and all this stuff seems like, well, yeah, that seems just about right. You know? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really have much strong feelings one way or the other on most of them, except, uh, except Tampa Bay. And that happened to be the one that, um, that I lost by like the most, it felt like. Yeah, I actually had two notes, and you talked about Tampa, so it went from three to two notes. So, first note, um, Cincinnati, man, got it done for me. I picked them to cover the six and a half, and they cover the six and a half in the most interesting of ways. I mean, you've seen every – Yes, everybody has seen the play of Huntley trying to reach over into the goal line, into the end zone, and it going back 99 yards the other way. Hilarious. <laughs> I don't think – I think – I don't think I bet any game just outright with the spread or anything like that as of note. But the other note I wanted to make is Brett Maurer. This is my first time ever talking about a kicker on this show. But – I'm sure there are so many people that want to curse out this man. And I don't know if you know why. I mean, obviously he missed those extra points, but you see the score 31 to 14. That's 45 points. The over under was 45 and a half. Can you imagine anybody that had significant money on this over right now or that had it on this over? They want to square up with this man so bad. All he had to do was knock in one of the – he missed four? Four. Three? Four. Five. One of the four extra points that he missed. He just had to knock in one of those. So go two for five, and the over cash is for people. But, hey, there's probably another half of people that are just like, appreciate it, Mr. Meyer. You did a great job. <laughs> that is a rough way to lose. Damn, right. that's a bad beat. But also on the other end, it's a it's a it's a terrible beat um, for the Baltimore betters to oh, have yeah. lost on the longest uh, the longest fumble return <laughs> in playoff history. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I think from this line here, it was early in the week, six and a half. I did see later on it was eight and a half, and now I'm remembering this because I actually bet Baltimore at plus eight and a half. So I did get that cover, if you will. But yeah, if you were on the six and a half line with Baltimore, that's brutal. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So the divisional games, we got four of them bad boys. Um, we got the mother of all matchups with Cincinnati and Buffalo. And turning it over to you, Daryl, any of these interest you spread over under or just the matchup itself of course besides the obvious one there right well uh just just in general at least to open up with um these games are highly totaled you know the lowest the yep. lowest one on the on the on the board is 46 and a half for the over under in the Dallas uh San Francisco game um 
to that end, though, um, the over under in the Cincinnati Buffalo game, I think that I think that might be a little high on on the sheet. We have it at forty eight. Um, I'm that 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 kind of sticks out to me. I'm leaning leaning to the under there. Um, I think that Cincinnati might have a tough time pulling their weight, given um, given what's happened with their offensive line, and both of those defenses are pretty are pretty dang good as well. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, though, oh maybe Cincy had an injury or two to their defense in their in that game against Baltimore. I have to check. I'll have to check and see the injury reports on that, but. Yeah, I I think that Cincinnati Buffalo game might not be the semi shootout that this over under is saying that it mm-hmm. is. Um I, I I think it's I think it's gonna be a scrappier game than that, but uh you know, that's that that's the most kind of glaring thing to me. I got you, I got you. Um as of now, all these lines are the same with the exception of two. Uh, the Dallas game has now gone to San Fran minus four instead of San Fran minus three and a half. And then the over under in the New York Philly game has gone up to 48 and a half. Uh, but other than that, these lines that we have here are still the same, which we have KC at minus eight and a half, over under 53, Philly minus seven and a half. Buffalo minus five, 48, as you mentioned, on the over-under. And then the over-under on Dallas-San Fran is at 46 and a half. So, yeah, should be an exciting, exciting day of matchups here. Or days yeah. of matchups, rather. And these over-unders are predicting some explosive, uh, some explosiveness. So, you know, um, inshallah. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if that has to do, of course, obviously with the matchups and then what happened with those like first four games of last week when it was just offensive explosion all across the board. Like everyone had dang near 31 points um, in, in those first four games. Uh, yeah, it was the okay corral out there for those ones. <laughs> right. Except Seattle and Minnesota, of course. But yeah, um, should be an exciting week of football there. That will conclude our episode. Um, our next episode will cover tight ends, similar to quarterbacks. We'll go one through 12 and then hit some notes on some of the other guys outside of that. And then probably at that time, we'll also cover some DBB on the divisional games. And then we got championship weekend, man, coming up um, after that. So exciting times in a football atmosphere. Daryl, you have anything for the good people before we bounce out of here? Yeah, just real quick. I regret to inform the audience that our um, that our Gauntlet Two team that we drafted crashed out. Um, ah, we, yeah, yeah. It was uh, the crazy thing was, you know, like um, our team didn't do badly. It's just that the the DAC teams. Really, just the, the the Dak team just went bananas um, yeah. against us. You know, Dak Schultz and um, 
and CD. Like that was just that, that was just a killer for us. And so yeah, your boys crashed out, but <laughs> we uh, we still have some other contests going, uh, some other money making opportunities in these playoff best ball streets. So um, if any of those pan out. We'll be sure to let y'all know. We won't share any money, but we'll we'll let y'all know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I didn't remember that they had Dak, CD, and Dalton Schultz. So yeah, they had the triple stack, and CD got that late touchdown too. So, yep. Yeah, brutal. But I think we both have some teams in the mittens and gauntlets still going. So that's exciting, at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's there's still there's still a little bit of action to be sweated. For sure, my dude. Well, hey, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. If you want to reach out to us, we are on Twitter at the Brothers FF. That's D A Brothers FF. I'm Derek, my brother Daryl. We're out of here. See you guys next week. Peace.